Yeah, what's the vibe? It's Ray with the East, also with the five. You are now tuned into the pod episode 20. Not only is episode 20, it's the season finale for season one. And I'm very excited to have a special guest in the building. It's my big cousin, Michelle. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I mean, I'm excited about this episode. I've been wanting to get a, a female perspective on the podcast for a long time. So when I found out you were interested in joining, I was like, who better? Like, I feel like we'll have a lot of dope shit to talk about. Good perspective. You know, we come from the same place. So I think we'll really be able to tap in and and get some good conversation going. But well, I hope I can do it justice. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> so just to get everybody, you know, comfortable with you, I guess, get the listeners comfortable with who you are and just give us a little bit about yourself before we get into these topics today. Sure. Um, so like he said, I am his older cousin. I'm from the Bronx as well, from the South Bronx. I'm currently a wife, I'm a mother, and I'm a veteran. Nice. Anything else is just extra. That's what's up, man. And I'm happy you mentioned the veteran part because I was actually, you know, from our conversation earlier, I was actually thinking and I was like, I never knew you was in the military until after you got out. You know that? Like, and I always thought like I was kind of like the first one to do this shit in our family, but it turns out it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Most of the family didn't know except for those um, that were around my grandma. Anybody right. that was around my grandma, then they knew. But other than that, not too many people knew. That's crazy. And you joined like early on. So it's like, and you joined the Coast Guard, correct? Correct. I joined early on, uh, but not early on in life. I actually joined really, really late. I joined at 27 um, oh, when I was already a mom. Oh, that's crazy. 27. I had nothing else going for me. So, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of like how I felt at 21 when I joined. <laughs> yeah, I think I think for most of us coming from the Bronx, it's um, it it seems like our only way out. Something. Right. Yeah, that's what it felt like for me as well. But yeah, but because I always thought like I was like I thought I was the first in the family to do it. I know, um, you know, my aunt she said that you know our grandfather was in back in the Vietnam days, but. You know, we never had the pleasure to meet him or anything like that. So, And what caused me to join, yeah. you know, wasn't like I wasn't influenced by anybody. I didn't even know much about the military when I joined. I just it was just random. You know what I'm saying? So then later on. Do you want to hear what caused me to join? Yes, absolutely. Um, to be honest with you, it was I lost the bet. I, I lost the bet. I'm, I'm the one thing people will always learn about me is I'm a woman of my word. And, um, I mean, I wasn't doing great anyway, but I was working at a job fair and across from me was the Coast Guard recruiter. And he kept coming over to my table the whole week. And he's like, man, you should join. You know, you still got time, blah, blah, blah. And on the last day, I went up to him and I was like, I tell you what, if you go with me to all the other booths, you go to Navy, you go to Army, you go to all of them and tell me why you're better than they are in front <laughs> of them. I will sign up. And he waited to like the last second and he was like, okay. And he held up his end and so did I. That's what's up, man. At least mm -hmm. well, for me, it was just kind of like, it was like spur of the moment. I saw myself being like 21. I had, I had made all of these goals for myself early. Like, like 
as a teenager, like, yo, by the time I'm this age, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I achieved so many goals by the time I was 18 that when I turned 21, I felt like I was in the same exact place. And then um, I was getting into a little trouble and stuff. And then also, you know, I was about to have my second kid, all this shit. So I was talking to my homeboy, you know, and he put me in. Like, he's the one who even introduced me to what the military was. And then I ended up just joining and shit. But And it was one of the best decisions you made, right? How fucking, yeah. Now, now look at us. I think we're like the the only two in our family that probably you know got to see a lot of the world because <laughs> yeah. and everybody... i'm still seeing it <laughs> yeah. so you're currently based in in the uk england um yeah we're stationed in england in uh milden hall nice that's I'm, i've been dying to make my way that way i've been like everywhere damn near except for europe so you're gonna definitely expect a visit from me soon Man, once you get over here, it's so easy to go everywhere. Like, right. I kid you not, they have flights out here. Um, they have these airlines that are similar to, like, Spirit <clears throat> and, and JetBlue back when JetBlue used to be cheap. Right. Um, they have flights <laughs> out here for, like, 17 pounds. And this is round trip I'm talking. So I'm paying, what, $20 to go to Italy and back? I heard about that, man. I, I I thought about taking a job in Germany just because of that, but I just wanted to be in the States for a while after, you know, traveling for so many years while I was active. Yeah. But like, and that's one of the, the things that is beautiful about it. Like when I think about, you know, where we come from, like we're both from the same place. You grew up in a, in a probably a worse era than me. Cause you know, it's kind of like generational. <laughs> My you know, I feel like, I feel like I was born in the crack era. <laughs> you was in the, you, you was like, you got to witness the crack era type shit, but. Yo, I, I, I think I went through, I, damn, I done went through the, I went through the, what is it? When they used to lace, they used to lace the weed. Yeah, the woolies. <laughs> yeah, I went through, like, I seen people in that phase. I seen people on LSD. I seen people Angel on. Dust. Angel Dust. Yeah, that's, oh my God, crack. Like, yeah, a lot. I think. <laughs> I think we're like living proof that you shouldn't use your past as an excuse to to justify where you are today. And that's actually like our first topic, you know, like people who who use their like their upbringing or like everybody's blaming like their current situation on something that they went through before. You know what I mean? I think I, I kind of me personally, I kind of see that as the equivalent of like holding a grudge. I think people who stay stagnant because they they haven't done anything with their lives and they blame it on something that happened in their past it's like they're holding a grudge against themselves because you you really let that ruin your life <laughs> i don't i don't see it as holding a grudge i see it more as as being naive or ignorant I, it's okay. almost the same thing but to me and the reason i say this is because Life doesn't click in your head till you're a little bit older most of the time. That's a fact. And and and, and I'm speaking from personal experience. Right. One of my brothers, for example, to this day, you know, one of my brothers passes up and he's finally getting to a point in life where he sees like, you know what, I'm not getting any younger. But back in the day, his excuse always was well, mom did this and I used to do it with mom and so I'm used to it 
it's all excuses. Like, all right, we all did it. We all had that that same upbringing. We were in the same house. You gotta right. stop using your past as an excuse because you're always gonna stay in the past. You're never gonna grow. Yeah, that's true. And like all of, I think that especially coming from where we come from, like generationally, everybody had it worse than than we did. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and like I come from, my mom. My mom had five kids and, you know, arguably, maybe not arguably, but I was like only one out of all of us, which which is myself, actually made it out, you know, and I'm not saying that the others aren't successful. Maybe they're successful in their own regard, but only one of us was able to actually like do something different, like really break generational curses. And it, it, it makes you think like, why is it like that is it because we went through the same thing like two people can go through the same exact thing and get different have different perspectives and do something the complete opposite like me and my brother grew up without a dad he can choose that well i didn't have a dad and it can make him a terrible dad me me like i i grew up without a dad but that makes me want to be there for my kids because i don't want them to feel that way so and i think that's kind of like the it, it then when you come back around they looking at you like, oh, you think you're better than us, or you think this, you think that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's <laughs> and that's because they just when they see you, they're they're seeing a reflection of themselves or what they could have been and what mm-hmm. they they're the ones holding themselves back. And that's something that I knew you could relate to because being the first ones in our family to kind of like make it out and see something different, move away, have cars, or just be like, uh, you know, be successful they see it like like you're a threat. I will go back and they don't understand that there's a difference between bragging and, and informing, right? Mm-hmm. Or just, you have to understand that I'm not used to being here either. I came from the same place you came from. I slept in those same beds. I walked them same hallways. You know, like I, I went to the same schools as you. Like we both had it. We we both weren't supposed to be here. We just chose mm-hmm. to be here, you know, differently. So I will come home and I'll be excited. Like, Yo, I just got a new car. You know, I just, I just bought, I just, I live in a house now for the first time. And you're thinking that they're going to be proud of you because they've seen you, you know, your struggle. They, they look showing off. Right. Like, oh, look at him. He think this, he think that. Like, and that, that was like the worst for me. Like when I first joined and realizing that, that I was being viewed that way. Like I was being viewed like I was just like, you know, full, full of shit or I was just like rubbing my, rubbing what I had in their noses, but they didn't know that we're all still struggling. Like I might, I might live a better life than you currently do, but I'm still struggling too. Like Every this. and that's what they don't understand. Um, because you instantly become a, a a bag of money to everybody. You instantly become a bag of money, and they don't realize my life is not to that point where I could just give it away. Right, like you know, like it's nothing to me, but they don't see that, and I have such issues with this topic because I think social media makes it even worse. Facts, you know, people are seeing, for example, I'm going to use myself as an example. Yes, people see that I'm traveling all over the world, but what they're not comprehending is my traveling is totally different to your traveling. You're traveling in the U.S. is going to cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Meanwhile, mine is only costing me $20, $30. We don't bring home hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Anyone that knows military members know 
we don't bring home a lot of money. You right. know, we get our rent paid and stuff like that. But if when you look at our taxes, dude, you, you bring it home. A, a person who's just starting out is only bringing home 20, 35, 40,000. That's it. You know, right. that's not enough to yeah. live the way you think <clears throat> I'm living. I didn't start making money till I made CW2. And I was after, let's say when I got out, you know, I was medically retired at 14 years. At 14 years, I was, you know, a CW2 in the army. And after even dedicating that much time in the military, I was still barely touching six figures. Mm -hmm. I didn't touch, I didn't touch six figures until after I got out the military. (laughs) And they don't understand that. Same (laughs) same thing here. Exactly the same thing here. And the only reason that I touched six figures is because I pushed myself and um, I didn't stop. Like my growth never stopped and it's still not going to stop. You know, I'm, I'm still continuing. And, and I try to, I try to have my family look at me as an example, like, yo, this is what you need to do next. You know, it's it's like that saying, you could, you could feed somebody, but if you teach them the fish, you know, you can feed them the fish teach them to fish they're gonna eat forever so right. i'm trying to teach y'all like don't look at it like i'm trying to show out or whatever i'm trying to show you this is what i did you could do it too and you know what's crazy they don't really understand that that they have they have like the cheat code right in front of them because mm-hmm. we had to get those bumps and bruises by being the first ones out the gate so yep. we do we had to go through those trials trial and errors like i didn't know shit about fucking um credit finances nothing i was fucking like i said i joined the military with a ged all i knew i worked a regular nine to five and i was hustling you know that that was as far as my business savvy went was knowing how to you know flip work (laughs) not like yeah so i wasn't very like financially inclined and then so i I, I went uh through those i'm sorry go ahead no no go go i'm sorry so i went through those bumps and bruises of financing my first car my first car out well my first car in the military because, you know, my first car was like a 92 Plymouth Voyager or some shit like that that I bought for like $1,500. <laughs> but like my first time financing a vehicle in the army, I bought a fucking Dodge Neon. And it was probably like 13000 The car was like $13,000, but my APR was like 20-something percent. So I ended up really owing 20 Like I'm, I'm paying double of that. You don't even know that. You mm-hmm. go in there and when you're in the military, they just like, oh, you in the army? Shit, your credit don't even matter. You could have the lowest credit score just because Uncle Sam is backing you. They're going to give you whatever car you want on that lot. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? And you end up buying a cheap ass car and you are going to be paying for what you pay for that car. You could have went and got you a fucking BMW or something. <laughs> exactly. But that's not what the family's seeing. That's not what everybody back in New York or back in the Bronx is seeing. You know, right. they're seeing it as, oh, you got this, you got that. Well, Mm-mm. I'm saying you're going to hook me up. How can I get it? Can right. I get it too? Yeah, you like can what? get it too. Just follow with my footsteps. Facts, like acts of advice. Like, you know, the best thing you could do is instead of looking at me like a threat, you can actually look at me as an opportunity. You can be like, well, you did all of this and I see that you've been successful. What can I do? And, you know, we can give you like shortcuts. That's why I was glad when like my little cousins was hitting me before they joined the military. Like, hey, I'm thinking about joining. What do you think I should do? And being able to advise them, like, yo, mm-hmm. you, you might want to, like, you might want to go to the Air Force. Like, this Army shit might not be for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you sound like me. <laughs> I, I have no, I have love for any service member. 
But even my husband, when he was first going to join, and again, he he joined late in life too. And when he was going to join, I'm like, you want to what? You signed up for what? The Army? What's wrong with you? Didn't I tell you Air Force, Coast Guard, Navy in that order? <laughs> <laughs> but right. like, but even with him, though, I'll give him advice. And, you know, he'll kind of listen. But the moment somebody else gives him the same exact advice, he's like, oh, you're right. Let me go do it. I'm like, yo, it's but always like you, that. you got in-house, you got in-house counsel. And I told you what to do, right. seriously. And same thing with our peoples. Mm-hmm. But they starting to figure it out, like you said. You got cousins now joining. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I got we got another cousin who's getting her what is it, her PhD right now. Like they're slowly starting to realize. All right, let me let me do better, and I can do better. Right. So it it, it takes a couple generations sometimes for everybody to figure it out and for it to work mm-hmm. itself out. But it's coming little by little. It's coming. Right, and even. You know, and you mentioned social media, like we do a good job of making it seem like we got it all together because we're nobody's really posting their their downfalls. They're only posting, you know, their success like, hey, you know, so by the time you see me posting and I'm like, hey, I just got another degree or hey, I just bought this car or hey, this like you don't know what it took to get there. Like mm-hmm. it's like a lot of hard work struggling. Like when I like when I was young, younger and dumber, like I would have a new car like every other year. <laughs> I done drove I done drove nicer cars when I was low ranked like private to specialist in the army than I drove like as a as a grown adult. Right now, I fucking drive uh, I drive a hoopty around and I make six plus six figures. So and because it took for me to know, bro, like why are you investing in something that's just depreciating? Why am I gonna continue to buy this new car and now constantly be in debt? You know what I mean? Correct. Paying for this car forever. And when I can just fucking buy out a car where I have no car note and just fucking ride this shit to the wheels fall off. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? You sound like, yo, you sound just like me. You know, you know what's in my driveway right now? A 2008 Audi TT. Look, we're both. But it's paid for though. Yeah, my shit's 2008 jeep (laughs) right and before this like i said i've drove i have had a jaguar i've had a lexus i've had like Mm -hmm. you know like high-end dodge vehicles like i was i had nice cars all of the time but those were the times when i was the brokest you know what i'm saying so it's like you know learning those things and then people could see you they'll be like oh this is like this is what you're driving i'm like yeah but i guarantee it you, you might have a nicer car than me but your your bank account probably don't look as nice as mine. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, know what, I know what that car costs and I know what your payments are, my guy, because I've had those and I'm not never lie. I've had car payments as high as seven hundred and something dollars. You know what I mean? A car note. That's just a note. That's not the insurance. That's not what it's costing to gas this bitch. You know what I mean? Like But you know what I blame that on? <clears throat> and and I, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. I blame that on our generations like before us because they didn't right. know you can't teach what you don't know facts um i just my daughter i, I just became a grandmother seven months ago congratulations thank you and um my daughter the the grandbaby's at the point where now she's starting to eat and so my daughter makes her food from scratch you know she mushes up all her stuff uh-huh. and my daughter herself is now trying new foods and she's like yo i like 
whatever vegetable. And and she's like, why you never gave this to me? I was like, you, we didn't eat vegetables. Like where I come from, who eats vegetables? The, the vegetables right. are better. That's it. Like That's we, I can't teach you what I don't know, you yeah. know? And as I get older now is when I'm learning just like you, like, yo, now I got this old thing in my, in my driveway. But like you said, my bank account is mm-hmm. like, but it took me years. It, I, I was over 30 when I started learning how to be financially savvy. Facts. Like, it it took me a long time. It's not I, something that we know. And just learning about ownership. Like, mm-hmm. it's, much, it's much more valuable for you to own a hoopty than to be financing the newest, latest, or, or leasing the newest, latest car. Because True. at the end of the day, this can be an asset. If Even if I can only get, like, $3,000 for the car... I can still, I still have the option to where if shit get really bad, I can sell this car and make money, not owe money. You know what right. I mean? And just right. like when I pull into my driveway, I own this house. I might, I might still pay a mortgage. So technically I don't, but it's still ownership. The equity against this house is sitting on my credit. So at any moment, as long as my value is higher than what I owe the bank, that's equity I can tap into at any moment. Mm-hmm. And people don't don't understand ownership is valuable. It's not the fact that I got the flyest and the hottest shit. It's like that shit is that shit is cool when you're trying to when you're trying to perceive wealth. But you know what I mean? Like I want to. Um, and we come from a place where everybody's fly. New York City. I, I went back to New York. Niggas is rocking the latest shit. Like they got a Marys on. They got Montclairs. They got this. And I'm like, bro, you walking in? You walking into a project building? Like you? You living in your, <laughs> like you, your mattress is on the floor. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, and you, you see are... that they be the flyest niggas in the street, but they ain't got shit. They don't got nothing to call their own. They're, they're, they're rich with with fucking clothes. Like, you know Let what me I mean? Tell you, when um, this this what I'm about to talk about is literally like just a few years ago. My husband and I sat down when we at newlyweds and we decided, um, all right, you know what? We're going, we're going to be debt free. Like let's pay off. Yo, you know that when you sit down to look at everything to actually pay it off, you're astounded by the things that you spent money on that makes no sense or doesn't exist anymore. And you're still paying for it. You know, people paying for all these sneakers on credit. People are buying cars that they can't afford on credit. Purses that they can't. Yo, I I fell into that trap, you know, and it was it took us two and a half years to pay off over a hundred thousand dollars. And I was one of those people that, yeah, I got Louis Vuittons. I got, you know, X, Y and Z. I got YSLs. Like I got all of it. But I'm in debt now. Like I have all this debt to show for it. Yeah. You know, man, then, I took half them, half them, <clears throat> and thank God that they were real. But I took half those, um, half of my Louis and sold them. And like I said, thank God because I actually made a little tiny bit of money off of it. Right. But my point is, like, now I know if I don't have it in the bank and I can't afford it two or three times over, then I mm-hmm. don't need it. Right. And then you, you, when you're trying to become debt free, like I was just going through that journey not so long ago when I was um, just paying off a lot of my debt. You start to realize that there's a such thing as good debt. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you're going to have debt, you want to you want to keep like revolving lines of credit. Like you want to have something that that doesn't change monthly. So if you have like a car note or like 
if you have like uh, one of those personal loans or something where that that amount is set, then you you want to have something like that on your account. That's that, kind of what I agree a little bit, just a right. little. Bit. No, no, no. And I'm gonna get to what I'm trying to say. Like, when are you trying to like raise your credit score? Because I okay. realized even after I paid off like all of my debt, mm-hmm. like for a moment, my credit score got lower, and that was because now I got no credit history. Some people would think because I paid off my credit cards and I'll close them. And that was the dumbest thing I could do because I'm thinking, well, I'm out of debt now. My credit score should jump up. They're like, no, because now they have nothing to gauge you off of. They have no way to say if you're a, a, a if they can trust you with credit. So you but if you're cre- but if you're debt free, what do you need credit for? Well, credit is king. No, but for what? Credit is king for those that don't have. No, no. What, I, what if, I'm if trying to say. If you have, you don't need credit. You do need credit. No, I don't think you do. All right. And I'm going to tell you why I think you do. And then you can Uh tell me why you think we don't. I say I think you need credit because even right now to get car insurance, they're running your credit. Like Mm -hmm. they're running your actual credit now. Okay. Because when I went through that whole and I thought the same as you. And when I went through that whole thing, when I was telling you, when I was trying to become debt free and when my credit score dropped, and it was time for me to re-up my insurance, my insurance went up, and I haven't got into an accident in years. I can't remember mm-hmm. my last accident. And when I hit up the, the the company, and I'm like, you guys rose my insurance. It should be going down. I've been with you guys for six years. And this, they was like, did something change in your credit? And I'm like, oh, shit. You guys track credit? They're like, yeah. So my cre- your credit, even to get like homes, to get anything, anything that you want to get into that you can't afford right out with cash, is you you need credit for so you don't necessarily have to be in debt to maintain your credit and that's what i was going to get to like you need to have at least like three credit cards and they could be low amounts and you don't you need to have them just to show that you can have them the moment that you cut up your credit cards and you don't have them no more you're telling them that you can't be trusted with it because you might not need it now you might not need let's say if you're trying to get a home you want to buy a house or you want to get a you finally get to the point where you feel like you're financially stable enough to get a car Sometimes you want you you want to be able to get those nicer things, but you do need credit. So when I say keep a line of credit open, so for instance, let's say I bought this car for four thousand dollars, right? I got four thousand dollars in my bank that I can just pay it off. But instead, I open up and I'll I'll finance it, right? Uh, this is the key, right? I'll finance that car, maybe give them like a thousand down or whatever. Open up that credit line. It's going to be an open credit line for like, let's say five years. I get them to push it out to five years. And then I will go ahead and put another, I gave them a thousand, the car is 4,000. I gave them a thousand. I will go ahead at that point and give them another Mm $2,500, right? Bring it all the way down. So I'm only paying an APR for 500 bucks. And then I'll pay them very low payments. Like I'll give them a dollar a month for the next, (laughs) no, I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the way for you to use your money. And just to keep that line of credit open to show them that I can pay my bills on time because when and it's only works for like car notes or like personal loans. You I know what I'm saying? I you're saying and yeah. I do understand the aspect because I, I, I do have a, <clears throat> I have a credit card, a, a credit card. I have a credit right. card. Um, But for me, my thing is that if I don't, if I'm not using credit, but I, I'm, but I'm stacking up my cash. Mm-hmm. There are banks out there where you can purchase homes without having credit. You will have to do a little bit more work to get the house and you got to show, mm-hmm. you know, proof of a lot more stuff. But 
it's possible. Right. Your car, I get what you're saying. I do understand the aspect of keeping your credit scores up. But for me, see, I, I wasn't aware of the insurance. I didn't know that they do that now. But my thing is that, I'm, I don't know, I've never had that issue. So I can't, damn, I can't even speak that way. Because yeah. for me, you don't need it. You don't need it to rent a car because you. there are car companies that will take your debit card. <clears throat> you know, there are companies that, you, you know, you can get an apartment without credit. You yeah. will have to give a bigger deposit and stuff like that. Yes. I think but, consumerism pushes you to use credit, too, because although you can exactly. rent a car, although you can rent a car with a with a, a debit card, you realize that there are some places where they say only credit. Or if you use a credit card, they will charge you less of a deposit, you know? And the reason why I say people should be pushed more towards credit cards, have at least three credit cards and keep them under 10%, right? Like don't, if it's okay. a, if it's a $300 credit card, then don't spend more than $30. Don't, don't let it report more than $30 a month, right? Or yeah. even, you know, stuff like that. You keep them low because it shows them that the only reason you're doing that is to keep your credit card active because after a while they see you're not using it, they're just going to close you out. So you use a little bit just to show them that you're active, but you don't want to use too much because now they've seen that you're depending too much on credit. So that's going to knock you. I guess my fear comes from just recently paying <clears throat> off all that debt. Right. And I know me and credit cards and I, I don't ever want to revert back to my old ways yeah. that I'm just like... <laughs> I'm going to give you a reason why you should stop using your debit card right now. And and it's going to make sense to you because you travel a lot and you've been in the military, right? Mm -hmm. The reason why you should use your credit card as your debit card and just make sure it's paid off before it reports or so make sure you keep a low utilization rate mm -hmm. is because of fraud. Fraud is at its highest right now. And I've, I've been through a position where somebody got into my account and took my money from my bank, right? Mm -hmm. And I had to go through this huge investigation to get my money back. And then, like, just to prove that it wasn't me. Because now they got this technology. I have somebody buy, like, five airline tickets with my debit card. <laughs> and wow. now you got to prove this wasn't me. It took me a while to get my money back. Or they gave, it, they gave me back a little bit of it until the investigation was closed. So, And this is my money, you know? And the same thing happened to me with one of my credit cards. But it didn't affect me because that wasn't my actual income. Like, so if somebody happens to do get, like fraud against my credit card and they run up my credit card it doesn't really affect my bottom line my bank account is still full you understand like I and now That's a and, good then, point. and those credit card companies they they got huge insurances to to that even if they're going to go through their whole investigation and they're going to prove that it's fraud even quicker than your debit card company would because they lost the money not you so now that that visa mastercard they're going to work. They got big top agents working hard to get their money back. And then they got insurance on top of that to protect them from losing money. You don't got insurance against your money. And why is the bank going to work super hard for your money? They're going to work. It's going to they're going to drag it out. It's going to take long. They have no incentive on trying to get you your money back because they already have you as a customer and they're already making as much money as they can off of you. True. I can't argue with it. I can't. I can't even. I can't argue with you. You make you a valid point. I have nothing more to say. And and bringing that into travels, you know, how many times? Well, maybe your bank allows you to just travel everywhere and spend money. But I've gotten my stuff closed a couple of times where I, I run to places and I couldn't pay for something, 
you know, because some, you know, that's happened to me a couple. That still right. happens to me. Even yeah. when I tell them, like, hey, I'm traveling. I'm going to be here from this mm-hmm. date to this date. Um, it still happens to me. And I have to give them a call mm-hmm. to the fraud department and say, yes, it's me making the transactions. And then you got them conversion fees. Oh, but that's why, see, <clears throat> I'm learning. As you get older, you learn. You talk mm-hmm. about the credit card. I use one credit card and I mainly use it for travel because of the reward points and stuff like that. Right. Um, and that's but- another thing. So. Reward point. You see, you said it yourself. Now, <laughs> now we're getting into it, right? So, when you do that, you got you got cash back. Like one of my credit cards, I get cash back. So now, everything you purchase is cheaper. So they they want you to use credit. So that like my credit card has, let's say Capital One, they have all of these rewards where they say, hey, if you shop here, you get five percent off. If you yeah, shop here, you get ten percent off. If you shop here, you know, and then at the same time, you're getting airline fares or 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 three percent tax um t- um cash back. So it's like now, when I go, if I use my my credit card to go gas up my car, it, let's say it cost me a hundred dollars to gas my tank, and I got three percent cash back, I just paid less per gallon. You know what I'm saying? True. So, so it, long as you pay it in full before the interest hits. Yeah, not in full. You want to like you wanted to report at least like you want to have like a low. Low See, like, I hit it. I pay it in full because no, you should pay it in full. You I don't want in that full. interest to hit. Right, but the interest is not going to hit. You can, so yes, you do pay it in full, but your report date and your due date are going to be different, right? Ah, okay. So, your you might your due date for your credit card might be the third of the month, right? That's when you have to have it paid. Mm-hmm. But they re, they report to the credit bureaus on the twentieth, so right. you right. want to pay it in full by the third so that you have no interest but you want to make a transaction you want to actually have like a little bit on there by the time they report on the 20th so that they show that you're utilizing the card all right i'm gonna start doing that yeah. okay <laughs> so you gotta you go to me something yeah so you can go on like credit karma to find out your your report dates you can go on like credit karma it's free you look like in your credit card section and see when they're reporting to the credit bureaus. That's the that's the most important date that you can look for. And I'm just this is stuff that I I'm just I've just learned recently and how I'm starting to reestablish my credit because I thought the same thing. Let me just pay off all of this debt and my credit score is gonna go up. But my shit dropped and it just hovered. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, after paying off debt, I'm like how the fuck that shit my credit score went to the five hundreds. I'm like, my shit's in a 500. I just paid off all my debt. I don't owe you niggas nothing. But then that's like, crazy. Then it's like, oh, yeah, but you just paid off that that loan that you had that was actually reporting good. Like it was showing that you can actually keep payments on time. You just cut up this credit card. You closed this credit card account that this credit card was worth five thousand dollars. Now your debt to income ratio got even higher because yeah. when you have credit. Right. That actually look, that's income. So if I if I make hundred thousand dollars a year and I have a twenty thousand dollars worth of credit now I have a hundred and twenty thousand and then you you look at to that so that's something else uh, something else that affects your credit your debt to income ratio so mm-hmm. if you if you have more debt than what you than you make like you're spending more than you make so yeah credit cards if if but that's only if you're in like in a good place like like you like you're, you're debt free and you have a credit card and stuff, that's the way that you work the system to get your shit up to that 740 and, you know, get your shit up. But, like, if you just have a severe problem or you don't make a lot of money or you're going through, like, some real shit, then you're right. Your way of thinking is correct. Stay the fuck away from them credit cards because you can't, (laughs) yeah, you can't afford them. Don't, that's not for you yet. 
Like you could work your way up to where you can afford it. And when you do get it, just get like a low balance one that you can pay off of one of your checks, you know, like three hundred dollars, you know, like but yeah, stay away from them if you if you have if you have problems with spending or if you're not really, you know, you don't trust yourself because I had to do that for a while too, where I just had no credit cards for a few years. You know what I mean? That is what we learn. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was deep. That was a good that was, was a good little vibe out. <laughs> that was a good little vibe out, but I mean, we'll move on. And I mean, I heard you, you know, during our conversation, you was talking and you was mentioning how like you got with your husband and you was pretty much telling him, you know, let's get debt free. Let's get this. And how you seems mm-hmm. like you've been like mentoring, mentoring him. And then and that's, you know, we mentioned earlier that you wanted to talk about cougars. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you being able to mentor him, I'm, I'm sure, and give him that advice. I'm just I'm sure it comes from the age difference. Like you're obviously more experienced and you've gone through a lot more than than he probably has. So let's get more into that. Like more into how is that like does does the age difference make it hard in a relationship? Like <laughs> so let me okay, let me start by saying, um in that particular instance, he is more mature financially when it comes to things like that than I am. That's um, he's actually, I mentioned it because I'm the one that has the issues <laughs> with the credit cards and the spending. He didn't have any credit card debt. Um, he had very little, but he was cool. He was on board with it. He's like, all right, let's do it. You know, he had my back on it. We <laughs> have been together for t- oh, 11, 10 or 11 years now. Um, but for those that don't know, my husband is 13 years younger than myself. Um, just saying it, I got to take a deep breath. Right. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit difficult. It's a little bit difficult. You know, the world is used to men being older than women and it's not a problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my husband's 13 years older than me. And, and I was going to yeah, get into that. And... Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a almost a gimme for men. You know, for men, it's like, ooh, you know, you got yourself a little shorty, a youngin, and all that. But it's also but frowned it upon. Us, ugh, huh? But it's also frowned upon when it comes to men as well. Because no, see, look at, do you think so? Because I think yeah. in the Spanish community mainly, because that's all I can speak of. In right. the Spanish community, it's common for older men to be married to younger women. Right. And that is true. And what I'm saying that is because recently, like in the news, like they was getting at Leonardo DiCaprio because he's 51 years old and it's OD, but they said that all his girlfriends are usually under 25. And currently he was rumored to be dating like a 19 year old, oh, which is, which is OD. Right. But, um, and the that's reason more than frowned upon, I'm sorry, that's disgusting. Exactly. And they were coming at him, but like, in the in the the legality of it all, it's not illegal. You know what I'm saying? No, it isn't. She's she's right. she's of age, and right. I get but it. Why why I say that? I think that reason why I was asking you about how it works. You said you're 13 years old, um, 13 years older, and you mm-hmm. got you when you got with him. He like I'm sure he was very much so like able to give consent, and he was old. He wasn't like an 18 year old kid. I'm sure he was probably no, he was 20s. 25. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so they say that the you know, the human brain isn't done developing until 25 years old. So even at 25, he was cognizant of the decision that he was making. But the, there's some women out there, and especially where we come from, like men and women, 
that they start being what do you actually before we even get into that what do you call a man cougar like a man is not a cougar right like no he's just a a creep he's just a man man. there's no name he's just a creep (laughs) exactly he's part of the creep squad you know what i mean nah but so, no, I don't. There is no name for men, and that's that's where it's kind of messed up. Because, like I said, as far as the, the Hispanic community, it's okay for men to do it, and it's common. Yeah. You know, they no one's making fun of you or teasing you because of it. Whereas being a woman, mm-hmm. it we, I don't think that he get, and if he does, he doesn't tell me. But I don't think he catches a lot of flack for it. But mm-hmm. I do. Whereas, right. um. I've I've stood there while other women that he may have talked to in his past or he had recently broke up with back in the day were like, oh, is that your mom or, you know, is that your aunt or, you know, something like that. And it's like, first of all, I know I don't look old. I look good for my age. Like, wait a minute. I got that same shit. I got that same shit. (laughs) I got that same shit when I was a teenager because, and this is where, this is where I'm going to flip it on you, right? It's like, Right now, where we come from, we kind of got used to seeing, like, older men with, like, younger girls. Like, you'll see older dudes that have been out of high school for five, six years in front of the high school picking up their girlfriend. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like that's just weird. And you'll see a lot of older women with these younger boys. So it's like, when you decide to be that, when you when you decide to be a cougar, it's very important as well in who you're cougaring. Because, like, when I was 13, I lost my virginity to a 24-year-old. You know? Like... So therefore, that's that's not cougar and and, and cub. That's fucking child molestation. Yes, you know what I'm is. saying? Yes. And just like, is. but in the we see that so much in our environment, and especially when it comes to the woman going towards the the the, the boy, it's kind of like it's not looked at the same as if it was a 24 year old man sleeping with a 13 year old girl. You know what I'm saying? You're it's like that's right. rape. That's this. Like they will try to kill that man. But you can see that happening all of the time with young young boys being sought after by older women, and they kind of see it. They just leave it alone, just stay quiet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's happening. And it's, constantly. it's not right in either. It's not right in either instance. Um, mm-hmm. With us, I had an issue with it at first. Like he actually pursued me. Um, he's known to like older women, so he actually pursued me. But it took me a long time to actually go out on a date with him I was not comfortable with that situation Mm -hmm. because again I'm used to I'm used to it being the other way around um so it took me a long time to actually say okay we can go out Mm -hmm. on a date you know we can chill and it took me seven years before I said yes um to being married and he asked three times that's dope so for us because we were both already older you right. know, it it was totally different. But again, he's because of the age difference. My son is not, you know, they're not too far in age. He and my mm-hmm. son. Okay. So it, it it was weird in the beginning. It was uncomfortable. <clears throat> but like just like you, he lost his virginity young to an older woman as well. And mm-hmm. in my eyes, that's not cool. You know, right. a lot of people see it as oh, you know, you know, good for you, and and they praise the the young guys, but. I, I don't find it cool at all. I don't care who the person is, whether it's a man or a woman, that's still rape. Yeah, because at the end, you're too young. You're too young to consent. That's one. And then two, you're not 
like you don't have enough experience you don't understand life enough like your brain isn't fully developed you don't know what you're doing you might think it's cool like i did back then i thought it was cool and i dealt with the same things or oh, is that your aunt is that you know is that your mom like you know all of those things you deal with those with those kind of like you know remarks and shit like that but then you don't realize until later on in your life how that has like a long lasting effect on you on how you choose women how you treat women and like how you deal with relationships because that relationship and it, and it has re- a it, you're right it has a <clears throat> it has a negative connotation both on the young boys and the young girls yeah because um and I don't want to you know we've already been on here for quite some time I don't want to get too deep into it but myself at 13 um I I was I was raped numerous times from an older man in his 20s um but you at that age as a woman you find shame sometimes mm-hmm. I didn't tell anyone until I was in my late teens early 20s mm-hmm. and even then my cousin that I told she actually told me you you know you were raped and I'm like wait what mm-hmm. no, you know it was my fault and and I blamed it on me and kids at that age still don't know the difference on whether it's their fault or not right and you think that you're even if you said it was okay, you wasn't you didn't have the you didn't have the you weren't at that point in your life where you can even say it's okay because you didn't know any better. You know, mm-hmm. you're easily you're impressionable, you're easily manipulated. You know what I'm saying? So Perfect. that's why like that shit is like a thin line. And it has nothing to do with like cougarism or nothing like that. I'm just saying like I just wanted to bring it into where yeah. like those big age differences when people the reason why they look weird to people or people are kind of like weird about it is because they think about the the, the age gap. So they're like, all right, he was 25. You said you're 13 years older. So, you know, you were your age. <laughs> then, they, then they think about, all right, how old was you when he was 13? You know, but exactly. how old was you this? And you know? I looked at it that way too. <clears throat> I did. I looked at yeah. it that way as well. And you know, he was like, yeah, but I'm not, you know, we're not dealing in that situation back then. We're dealing with the here and now. And he had to point that out to me, Uh but I thought exactly as you're saying it, that was exactly what went through my head. Yeah. I had a young girl try to pursue me like in my, cause I'm 36 now. And this was like, I was still in my thirties and she was about 13 years um, younger than me. And she was like trying to talk to me and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, that you're a child. Like I got, I have a daughter almost your age. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she's like, oh, age is just a number and this. And I'm like, do you understand that I've been I've been having sex since before you were born? <laughs> like, 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 what are you what are you talking about? And that's another thing, too, for having kids early. You know, like I had my first kid at 17. How old were you? Uh, pregnant at 17 as well. Yeah, you see. So it's like when you have kids early, then now when you decide to go young, it's like you're you're going against that age that you decided to have children as well. Mm-hmm. So and like, then it leads to then that's going to lead. And for you, you're not there yet, but it's going to lead to later on at the stage where I'm at now, which is now my grandma and my daughter is now trying to be a better mother than I was to her. Right. And now at this stage in my life, I can actually be a better mom because I know better now. So I can be there for the grandbaby. I can be there for her in a way that wasn't for me. Right. But you're still successful, even though we want our kids to be better than us. 
we can't we have to understand that while we may have not been the best that we, we would have liked to have been we still set the foundation because we had worse so it's mm-hmm. like True. you you were trying to you were just like myself i'm I'll, I'll talk i can't talk on you i'll let you talk on you but for me i come from the 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 side of not even knowing what a what a healthy family looks like like my mom was single from before i can remember taking care of us by herself i barely know my dad so just me being able to be present in my kid's life even if i'm probably doing a whole lot of things wrong or i could have done a lot of things better i'm still learning i don't even know what a father looks like or feels like you know what i'm saying so i'm coming from the perspective of that so every anything that i anything that i do is new territory and i'm learning as i go so if my son is aspires to be a better father than I was. I'm, I'm very, I'm, that's what I want. But at the same time, I hope that he understands that I set the foundation for him to even be better than me because I I had nothing. You know what I'm saying? This is absolutely correct. It's, it's the same exact thing with me. I didn't have anything. Mom, you know, in the beginning, you know, she was, oh, she was there, but then the drugs took her, you know, living with one grandma to another grandma, to, to stepdad and it, it didn't get any better it just continuously got worse you know and like I said earlier the way out for me was the military and mm. I, I tell my daughter and I've told her for years you know because there was there were a few years where she's like you know you're not here for me you, you know you were always gone and I'm like yeah but where was I I was gone at work like I was in the military I was trying to get us out of the Bronx you know yeah, so right. Yeah, there's no there's no parent there's no guy <clears throat> being being a great parent or being a better person or there's this is we all doing this for the first time facts you know? and without any without anything to go off of and that's why <laughs> it goes back to our earlier conversation where like yo you should be picking our brain instead of looking at us as a threat look at us as a stepping stone because every relationship is transactional you know yeah. what i'm saying so you it's all about what you can get from something before you're willing to give into it. You know, you don't just go into things because you you're a philanthropist and you just want to give even philanthropy. It comes with a tax write off. You know what I'm saying? Correct. So, like you're never going to do something unless you get something out of it. So it's kind of like you should be fucking getting information from these people and stuff like that. So even when it comes to like parenting, like at least if you would have had if you would have had a good if you would have had a good relationship at home like a, a mom and a dad and you know all of this stuff and able to actually see what one looked like then maybe it would have been easier for you to kind of say well at least I got something to go off of so my yep. goal my goal now is just to give my kids something to go off of give them a, give them a you know like a a foundation like well I was able to you know at least see my dad I know this is what he sacrificed for me this is how he treated me this is how I felt having a dad you know like you got that feeling and you're able to take, you know, what I did and improve upon it. Take the shit that you felt I did bad and get rid of it. Exactly. And take the things that I did good and add your own swing on it, you know, because it's just leadership. <laughs> you know, it's just exactly. like, it's, it's, it's like I, I used to have a grudge because I moved out of my mom's house when I was 14. And I used to have a grudge against her for for that, you know, but then I learned to to realize that she kept me alive long enough until I can keep myself alive. And that's, that's what my goal is for my children is I want to keep you guys. My goal is to take care of you and, and keep you alive and, and be there for you until you're good enough 
good and well enough to take care of yourself, you know, to survive in the world <laughs> on your own. Exactly. And if you ever need to check back, I'm always here. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just I'm just a fucking your life guide until you can figure it out and do it on your own. <laughs> that's it. That's that's all we can do. You know, T- pick, take advantage while you can. Um, There's times when I sit and I'm like, damn, you know, I wish mom was here. I wish I will. I was here. Like, I have nobody to bounce these thoughts off of to see what they're, you know, to see what I should do next. You still have us. Take advantage, you know, pick our brains, learn what you can, absorb what we're telling you because obviously we've gone through it. Right. And and that's all that they can do. You know, they can just, they, well, that's what they should do, but they're not because society right now is like very coddled. Like they're growing up in a different time. They have the things that, you know, we didn't have growing up and we look at them like when I look at my my children now, sometimes we have that thing since we came up in like very our our background is very colorful and it's not it's not very it's not as black and white as they're trying to make things today. Well, actually, mm-hmm. I want everything to be gray, but <laughs> like it, we have we have to go through a lot of shit. We have to grow up a lot faster. So when I see, you know, my kids being a certain age and they're still very childish or they're still not understanding things or they're still very like, you know, just immature and stuff in my mind, I have to remind myself, like, this is there. They have something that you didn't have at their age. And that's a childhood. Yes. <laughs> like this you can't, they're supposed to be like, <laughs> yeah, this not, is success. Like, like, don't be mad at that. Be happy. Like, be happy that your son is 16 years old and still likes to play video games, you know, like that you got to, it doesn't really understand females you know like or you have an 18 year old daughter she's still a virgin you know what I mean like that's un- yep. that's unheard of <laughs> exactly. when I was 18 I was already a father dude exactly you know what I mean so I'm like these kids are complaining <clears throat> about what, what are you complaining about like you got it right. easy or even, com- even complaining when they're just coming to me like asking for all these things and doing this and I'm just like just the fact that they they're their age and they don't have to have a job. I was sweeping the barbershop when I was in junior high school, like just to have some money, like 11, 10, 11 years old. I'm trying to work <laughs> to make money like and I they don't it. have to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't have to be hustling. I'm 13 years old. I start hustling like they don't have to do that. And I should be instead of being like, man, you kids are lazy or you this or you that. Although I, I, I'm sure to remind them about how lazy they are and how privileged they are. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, but you know what? I think that stuff made us, at least for me, us having to hustle at 13, 14 years old, that taught me the value <clears throat> of money. That taught me how to have multiple streams of income. Right. Yeah. Um, they don't They don't have value in money at all. They think that that shit just, like my mom used to say, money don't grow on trees. Now I'm thinking the same shit to my, which I think money grow on trees. <laughs> yo, you gotta I'm, have that hustle, man. Somebody told me the other day, yo, you still like oh i have this now check my you know check out my links whatever and he was like yo you stay hustling i'm like yo if you ain't hustling you ain't in the game like you what is it you have to have seven streams of income at least that's what i'm working on that's what i'm working on these kids nowadays they don't know nothing about that and that's just not easy like getting getting all these streams of income that shit comes with time and it takes money to make money Mm -hmm. you know so you got it but the hardest thing is to invest in yourself like i've started to learn that now i'm like well i'm not 
I'm not going to grow. Like I'm into music. I'm like, I'm not going to grow musically if I don't put money into it. If I, if I'm just trying to like back in the day, I, I'm rapping, but I'll just occasionally, I'm like, I don't put this on SoundCloud on here. Like you, you're taking the free routes to try to pitch your music. Hey, look at me. I can rap. You're recording in your, on your little laptop with a bullshit ass mic. It sounds terrible. Nobody's going to want to listen to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so once I started investing in my craft and paying for studio time, paying for engineers and paying for videographers, paying for this, then I start to go up. My numbers start to increase. People can hear me better. People can see quality in my work and they're doing this. And now now I can actually start building an audience and do what I've been trying to do to some, do this whole time. Sell something to you. Correct. Correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, want I hope people listen. I hope y'all listening real good. <laughs> he's Yo, he's talking facts. Hell yeah. And that's why I made the pod, because I was like, you know, all of these things that we've experienced, sometimes we think that, you know, we don't know nothing. Because even still, I feel like I don't know anything. Because the best the best leader, you have to be a great follower. You have to, like, you know, you, even to teach, you, should, you have to pretty much always be learning. Correct. You know? Even while you're teaching, you should still be learning. And, like, you don't want to surround yourself with people that you're smarter than. You never want to be the smartest guy in the room. I think they said it's like... Uh, you want to surround yourself with those that are doing better than you. Yeah, and those that but, can teach you something. Well, well, actually, it has to be like a balance. And I just learned this like not so long ago. It's saying it's like a thirty-three percent rule. Like 33 percent of the time, you want to be with people who are smarter than you, who make more money than you, who are in better positions in life than you. And then thirty-three percent of the time, you want to be with your peers. You know what I mean? And then. The, then 33% of the time you want to be with people that you're doing better than so that way. It's like that circle of learning and teaching. So the, the stuff that you get from the higher ups, now you converse about it with the people on your level. You, you, you know, you build with them, talk about it. You guys are colleagues. So you kind of understand each other. You work together to get to that higher level. And at the same time, you teach the people, you know, below you and shit. Correct. Yeah. yeah and then you get that. Cause yeah, what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah and that balance it, it fulfills you because when you're always surrounded by people doing better than you it can get discouraging because you're like fuck like they're already there that you feel like you're the low man on the totem pole so that's when you can kind of get back to the people on your level and start feeling like you know feeling good about yourself or feeling you know see people that relate to you mm -hmm. and then when you teach people coming up then you start realizing like there's actually people out there doing worse and you have the ability to help them. And, and something about helping people just makes us feel good about ourselves. It sure does. Hell yeah. <laughs> this was a good part. We're our, we're almost an hour in. Holy cow. We, it didn't go nothing like you expected. I bet. It didn't. Um, <laughs> I, I was nervous at first, but I, I guess I had a mouth. I could talk, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. it was fun, man. It was fun. Yeah, man. So I, I wanted to make sure that I wrapped up this season with some dope ass conversation, man. Like, and I want all of my episodes to be like very, very natural, just having a conversation. And what I liked about this one was, you know, there was like we, we have opposing views on some things and just being able to speak through it and give our opinions on it. Like, well, you know, you you thought this, you think that and just come to some kind of resolve. At some point, you're going to have to agree to disagree or sometimes. Mm -hmm. you, might, you might be able to sway me your direction or I might be able to sway you my direction. But either and way. Th that's healthy, healthy discussions, healthy debates. There's nothing wrong with that. Hell yeah. And when I come up, when I come back with my next season, that's what I'm hoping to be able to provide is just 
a lot more conversation like that. Like we, I didn't even expect to talk about any of these things. And I kind of had like a little list and I didn't even, I didn't talk about nothing on my list. I brought up, <laughs> <laughs> I brought up the bad. things that, no, 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 don't, no, not my bad because it, it turned into an amazing episode because I was able to feed off of your energy and we went off at a couple of things that, that you spoke about and you wanted to bring up and then it was able to turn into a lot more like, like moments where we can, you know, learn from each other and teach the audience if they don't know something or, mm-hmm. you know, pr- provide them with like valuable content and shit. This was but, good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Like it was a great episode, but for the people out there that, you know, that heard, how how much of a great speaker you are <laughs> like if they want to find you where can they find you um i'm on tiktok under uh, what is it at riz and riz and me so r-i-z-z the letter n riz and me and my instagram is d the letter d learning tree okay the learning tree <laughs> that's dope <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I want to thank everybody for tuning in to episode 20 of the pod. Like I said, this is the season finale, so I'm going to take a week or two off to revamp the pod. I'm looking for a co-host. I'm going to announce the co-host maybe a week before I release our first podcast. So stay tuned, you know, as I'm trying to get this whole thing together and, and provide some, like, just a new different direction of the show. So for those of you who tapped in, once again, thank you. I wish you all much health and wealth. You have any last words before I tap out guys take care you only live once enjoy your life but be responsible and again thank you for having me on hey no problem man so have a great day and i'll see y'all next time peace